Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. I'm Alicia here. Great to have you back. This week, we're going to talk about the EC2 Container Service, also known as ECS, and that's what I'll call it from here on in because it's too tricky for me to say the first one repeatedly. Um, this is a really interesting service that's very relevant to anyone who uses Docker containers, and Docker, of course, very popular in the IT industry, particularly on the development side to help move quicker and have more reliable releases. Uh, as with any change that goes on the, in the IT industry, things move quickly. And this space in particular is moving very, very fast. So uh, my colleague Jeff Barr did a great job encapsulating all the things that have been happening in the ECS ecosystem of late. And I want to spend a little bit of time in today's episode just recapping that for you so that you understand sort of what's been happening, what's been changing. So let's get right into it. So the first big change that's taken place is support for the Application Load Balancer, or ALB. Now, this is a really nifty load balancing capability that runs at the application level and allows you to, de- to define content-based routing rules. Now, this is important because it means you can have dynamic ports and can share it across multiple services. This is very important when you're running a microservices architecture and you're running lots and lots of containers on the same hosts. So the application load balancing support means that you can now have multiple instances of the same service using dynamic host mapping running in the same service space. Now, of course, you don't have to worry about those details. The ALB takes care of it for you. What it means is you can have a very efficient and effective deployment model, which is really nice. Now, deployment is a big thing for people, and they want to do it quickly, easily, and, of course, securely. So one of the other things that came out was IAM roles for tasks. This means you can grant permissions on a very fine-grained per-task basis and you customize the permissions for the needs of each task. Now, this is really important because good security practice says you give least privilege to anything in your environment to do the work it has to do and nothing more. By having IAM roles for tasks, it gives you that granularity, that control. It's kind of analogous to the roles for EC2 instances, but specifically for ECS tasks. Now, another element of the cloud that, of course, we all love is the elasticity. So service auto-scaling is available too. You can define scaling policies that will scale your services or your tasks up and down in responses to changes of demand. Of course, you set the desired minimum, you set the maximum, you set the policies that you want, and the service auto-scaling will do everything else for you. So it's quite familiar to those of us who kind of uh, got familiar with auto-scaling groups in um, EC2. Uh, this is service order scaling works on a similar concept. Now, one of the other interesting things that needs to happen in a container-based environment is what's called scheduling. And this is basically the process of assigning tasks to instances. Because we can build our tasks into different um, containers and different locations that contain multiple containers, this is actually a thing that has to happen and is a little bit different. Now, we've released something called Blocks, B-L-O-X. And this allows you to have uh, an open source one task per host model deployment tool, which also allows you to build in other models in the future. And you'll see this tool extending over time. It monitors the state of the cluster and is very useful for running monitoring agents, log collectors, and other daemon style tasks. Now, Scheduling on ECS, you also have the option for automated scheduling. So there's a built-in service scheduler that will do it for you. Um, you can do it manually. There's a run task function that you can take advantage of. Um, or you can use your own scheduler as well. 
Blocks is kind of an example of, of using your own scheduler or using a specifically built scheduler that suits your needs. One of the great things about building things in this modern age is if you don't like how something works, you can just build your own way of doing it, leveraging the fundamental capability. So Blocks is a great example of that, and that's B-L-O-X. Of course, uh, ECS uh, was launched with support for Linux containers and soon after um, brought in support for running Windows Server 2016 base with containers as well, which is pretty good for those people on the Windows side of the fence. Um, it's really interesting when I talk to customers, um, most of them use one or the other, although many have a combination as well. Um, Windows and Linux cohabitate beautifully on this platform, so uh, it uh, really doesn't matter which one you're using. You can just take advantage of that. Now, one of the interesting things around running a cluster that is hosting multiple services is that from time to time, you may need to take an instance of a running cluster out of service. You may want to scale the cluster down, do a system update, change your instance types, whatever. Um, what has been introduced by the ECS team is something called container instance draining. Now, this is encapsulated by a set of lifecycle hooks that let you better manage the state of the instances. And then you can use these to automate the process of draining any existing work from an instance while preventing new work from being scheduled for it. So this is that classic uh, situation we have of I want to take a, a node out of service, but it's still running workload. And if workload keeps coming to it, I'll never get that opportunity. You now have that ability to control what comes onto the particular instances and take them out of service when you need to. Now, one of the uh, very close uh, relatives of the concept of um, containerization is, of course, continuous integration and continuous deployment. Um, really, all these technologies are tying into a concept, which is let's deploy software more rapidly, more safely. And the concept of a continuous integration and continuous deployment pipeline is really important, is a fundamental part of that. Now, there was a really good uh, blog and reference architecture put together about continuous deployment to Amazon ECS using AWS Code Pipeline, AWS Code Build, Amazon ECR, and the AWS CloudFormation as well. This is all bundled together, shows you how to do it, and you can take that as a, as a reference point, customize it and tune it to how it works in your environment or what you may need in your environment. But I think this uh, really takes you through that process of how a pipeline might look. You should always have a development or a deployment, I should say, pipeline in your environment. You should be able to deploy code automatically. You should be able to deploy it often. And, uh, and it should be kind of a non-event. And, um, it's interesting, you know, as I, as I travel around, I talk with customers, you know, some still are still in that mode of, you know, deploying new versions of software is a big deal. Um, and they tend to be a little less relaxed than those customers for whom they're deploying many times a day. In fact, I was talking to a, a large enterprise recently in Australia who um, you know, used to be in the former camp of well, we, we deploy rarely and it's a big deal to, well, we deploy nine times a day now and it's kind of just normal for us, um, which is great to see. It really changes many, many things. So a few other little features that have changed. Uh, there is CloudWatch Logs integration. So now your tasks can send log information to CloudWatch logs, and that can be the centralized storage and analysis point um, for all those logs. You simply put the Amazon ECS container agent and turn on the AWS log driver, and away you go. Um, now this is, you know, I've said that kind of glibly and quickly that, oh, there's this feature that does this. But, you know, when you're running lots and lots of containers and there's a proliferation of those, aggregating all the logs for them is actually a real problem, something you have to do. So being able to send everything into CloudWatch logs and then analyzing and monitoring from there makes your life a lot, lot easier. 
ECS also will generate CloudWatch events when the state of a task or a container instance changes. So this means you can monitor the state of your cluster using a Lambda function. Um, you could also send them and store them in an Elasticsearch cluster. There's lots and lots of options you have. But the nice thing with CloudWatch events is it gives you that near real-time view of what's going on in your cluster so you can take appropriate action when you need to. The other really interesting thing that comes into play when you're running a cluster with you know, multiple jobs in it, etc., is the classic challenge of the placement of tasks within container instances within those clusters. Now, ECS allows you to have task placement policies. And this means you can choose where particular tasks might go. You can include custom constraints like location, instance type, AMI, and attribute. You can choose placement strategies, spreading across the cluster or doing what's called bin packing, optimizing the use of individual instances, etc., without writing any code. So you can simply choose the particular placement policies you want and watch them take place. Now, your requirements will differ depending on what goals you're trying to achieve. Um, it really comes down to, you know, where do you want to go in terms of how we'll get you there? However, the nice thing with task placement policies is it gives you lots and lots of choices. So, of course, many customers, um, both enterprise customers, startups, and um, familiar names, if I can put it that way, um, have been using Amazon ECS to run their applications. People like Capital One, Expedia, Okta, Right Games, Viacom, they all use it. And some really interesting use cases. And some of these are gone into in more detail in the blog, and these customers have actually blogged about it themselves. Um, Mapbox is a really interesting one that... Um, I think is worth highlighting because they combine both ECS and my old friend Spot to um, dramatically reduce their operational cost whilst processing way, way more things than ever before. In fact, um, their platform powers over 5,000 apps and reaches over 200 million users every month. And its backend runs on ECS and it serves more than 1.3 billion requests per day, which is pretty impressive from a scaling perspective. Um, Expedia is also a really interesting customer that we're probably all familiar with. Um, they designed their backends with a microservices architecture. And so they chose to use Docker for that to deploy more quickly. And they decided to use ECS to orchestrate their containers because of the integration capabilities and the fact they didn't have to do a lot of what we call undifferentiated heavy lifting. There you go. I mentioned it. Um, they actually run 75% of all their apps on AWS in ECS and they process up to 4 billion requests per hour. So they had a great um, blog post. Um, where they speak about how they do that as well, which is really worth having a look at. Many, many other examples, people like uh, Capital One, who use ECS to automate their operations and their infrastructure management, um, Instacart, who do um, same-day grocery delivery. These types of organizations have really taken advantage of what you can do with the platform. It's also very extensible. And so people have built uh, a number of open source passes on top of this. So uh, Rack is one example of that. Empire is another. There's also some cool tools to visualize how your cluster looks from a picture perspective rather than just from a code perspective. The uh, Cloud Container Cluster Visualizer is a good example of that. Lots and lots of stuff. So it is a very rapidly evolving space. If this is a domain you're interested in and you're looking for the right platform to host your Docker containers in and you want to use something maybe a little different than what you're using now or you've got some problems you're trying to solve, probably worth taking a second look at the EC2 container service or ECS to see where it is today compared to where it's launched and you can get a feel for the trajectory. We're always trying to innovate on behalf of our customers. Customer feedback drives a significant portion of what it is that we do. So uh, hopefully the, uh, the service is moving in the direction that our customers want to see. Of course, as ever, links in the show notes. Love to get your feedback, awspodcast at amazon.com. 
And as always, keep on building.